When I moved last time, I threw away uh, my really comfy and legendary office chair. I just realized that I'm lying. I'm telling a story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that good. But it was, it, I had had it for a very long time. So it's like when you when you write an obituary, I think the word is, in a newspaper and go, yeah, this person did so many things. It was such a good guy and everybody knows he was, it was really a prick. Um, but my share was kind of good. Uh, it made lots of sounds. Uh, you could uh, use it as, as a rocking chair because it had that function and it was quite old uh, when I threw it away. What, a good reason for why I threw it away was that it, uh, I had sat on it so much that the fluffy parts. The foam? Yeah, the foam. Fluffy parts is a better <laughs> word than foam, I think. It was a very, very cool chair. I, yeah. Or see, like a throne with with animal skins and fur on it. Yeah. Horns. Exactly. I've always been a barbarian king. It's me and Conan. But I go for the floof while he goes for the sword and crom and things like that. Anyway, I threw it away because it was very old and felt kind of broken. And since I moved, everything has been quite chaotic and I've been very tired. So I haven't set up my office again. And the room that was supposed to be my office is mostly a quite neat storage space. I've, I've put a desktop here, and um, as you can see, and uh, a really uncomfortable chair. But the, then I went to the local uh, refurbish desktop and office chair place and picked out a good desktop and a chair. So I'm really hyped for them to arrive on Tuesday. I'm glad to hear that you're taking care of yourself yourself eventually. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm the worst at taking care of myself. It's eventually ergonomic. Yeah, I'm eventually comfortable. It's almost like eventually consistent. So uh, that leads me to my question. How how do you feel about working remotely? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the question would be, how do you feel about me working remotely? And I'm like, no, I'm not so sure it's a good idea. <laughs> Should probably work in a place where people take care of that stuff for you. You could you could answer that question instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, to put it mildly, I, I'm not I'm not certain it's a good idea for you. Oh no. <laughs> well, the whole office thing. I think I've always like since I. I've had a developer salary. I've been pretty keen on keeping like a good working setup, and I enjoy like fiddling around with the setup. So whenever I don't have one, I create one. So after a move, like the desk goes up pretty quick, and I've tried a few, a few different chairs to sort of find the one I like. And like when we were living in an apartment, and I mostly worked at the office in Gothenburg, and I mostly played games at my desk it was like yeah it was all right we had a decent setup it wasn't anything fancy and the chairs were kind of crap like ikea marcus crap and the, i know those chairs work for some people they are terrible for me for everyone that hasn't met you you're like the tallest 
I am fairly tall. Yeah, you can see clouds up there. I don't know that that's the problem there. It's just like my my spine starts complaining. Oh. It's like, why are you using this terrible chair? It wants to murder me. Stop. So your spine has a very particular taste in chairs. Yeah. And the place I used to work at at that time had the first chair I've ever had that was like, yeah, no problems. This is this is a good chair. No issue. So between Marcus and the current one, I tried a gaming chair. I figured it was time. And I was in a sort of prosumer phase of life, I think, where it was like, well, there's they look comfy. They're supposed to be comfy and ergonomic and whatnot. And like gaming chairs are garbage. Uh, <laughs> if you want yeah. to know more about how garbage, you can look at sort of a gamer's nexus as a video on gaming chairs and <laughs> sort of how they all are made in the same factory, same kind of deal and they're not really built to be ergonomic like they can be comfortable but they're not good to sit in for long periods of time typically they're kind of built on race car seats as a style and that's built for a different purpose <laughs> it's like not how i sit when i work uh, so it was pretty bad uh, it was comfortable looked pretty cool but it was bad and when i got my the chair i <laughs> So what I ended up doing was ordering the exact type of chair that I had had at work because that had been working for me. What kind of chair is that? Ullman Night Flight. It's a model of Ullman chair that is built for taller people. And one thing I like about this chair is that it has a very thin backrest. Mm -hmm. So my shoulders don't get hunched forward. That was a big problem with the gaming chair. It was sort of pushing me forward which is yeah. the opposite of what I want. So, yeah. uh, But I can rest my head against the back headrest without tipping it over <laughs> over the uh, over the backrest. And uh, so it's tall enough. Uh, it goes high enough. It's pretty good. I have one complaint about this chair, and that is that the tip protection, like the, the sort of uh, set way you set it so that it does not rock, yeah. sometimes just releases. Oh, you have you have a, a practical joke chair. I have a surprise rocking chair every now and then. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. I don't love that part, but otherwise the chair has been very good. And I think that might be my particular one that has mm-hmm. that has that, or it's a poor design in that regard. But so I ordered that. It's a pricey chair, uh, but it's like what I sit in day in day out. I've had it for at least two years now, and it's been worth every penny. <laughs> That to say, for the whole working remotely, like I I was definitely dialed in, like even before the pandemic, I was dialed in for working remotely. We moved to nowhere and I assumed I would be able to work remotely. Actually, my CTO at the time was slightly surprised. What? You moved? I'm like, yeah, uh, to over there? Yeah. I figured I uh, like I can work remotely and I can uh, commute in if, if need be. Uh, that wasn't a problem in my book and to my eyes, it was like, <laughs> you don't have any say in this and there's no relevance to you that I'm that I'm geographically further out. I was like, maybe I should have been told about that. No, I don't think so. Okay. Did, did he just assume that you were a city slicker and wouldn't like being on the countryside? Or no, I, I think he was sort of... <laughs> I think he was sort of surprised and didn't like it. <laughs> didn't like being ah, surprised no. by 
by me suddenly being elsewhere. But yeah. The, but as part of that process, I also started to, to kind of gear up for having a good home setup where I can comfortably work. Double uh, 4K monitors, that kind of deal. And I think setting up a proper working situation for yourself is important. Sometimes you might not have like the space to, to build a proper office that's just for work or whatever, and you need to mix. Like I've I've gamed at my office setups in the past yeah for a while i did the okay this is work and then i worked for eight hours or whatever and then i pushed the big button and then it was game mode Hmm. that wasn't ideal but yeah it worked yeah so i didn't mind really switching between work and work and play at the same like in the same location as long as well it can get tricky if things are high pressure because then it becomes harder to to say, okay, I'm, I'm leaving work now. And if your playtime area is also your work time area, you might end up going, oh, I'll have dinner and then I'll go work some more. Or you sit down to play a game and you sit down and you end up checking something work-related. And then you're a little bit stuck. That can happen. Uh, and if that's a problem you have, it's like, yeah, try to avoid that. But overall, I think most of the challenges around like remote work is like, yeah, make make sure you have a good setup. Like if internet is crappy where you are, like we we rented a place, uh, a house for a while that we could only have ADSL at. That was a little bit annoying. And if you're if you're sort of relegated to three G, four G modems and stuff, that might get real rough. But I mean that—that's all the technical like necessities for for remote work usually, and like oh, have a good computer, make sure yada yada yada. It's like all of that stuff. The hygiene factors. Yeah, I don't think that's the kind of really interesting part of doing good remote work or making remote work good for you. So for me, I have not felt like remote work changed much for me. Like more. Re- increasing my rate of remote work because i've always been able to work remotely as long as i've been a programmer but when when i moved like to a rural area what changed was my social situation it got a lot harder to go just hang out with someone or visit someone and i it's been the like sharpest reduction in social activities since um since like i stopped being a student and went off to work full time instead, like that reduced it some because you lose a bunch of disposable or sort of uh, uh, well a bunch of time that you that you get to plan for yourself and you bind bind up like eight hours a day. But I still was fairly social, went climbing with people, uh, had a bunch of things going, and then moving out of the city that reduced it a fair bit. And then it became important to. Like invite people over actively, ask people to come actively, go to things when people invited you. Like make sure that you have a social life, and that's not really a remote work thing because I don't think I'd been satisfied if I went to work. Like oh, that's my social yada yada. Maybe like I don't. I'm not super social at work. I usually sit down and code and stare at a screen and occasionally go fetch coffee, and I fetch a. F- lot fewer coffees than most people and i 
don't really stay around to chat. I don't take a lot of breaks. I, I've never been keen on breaks, even though they're good. So for me, the change has been social and losing colleagues, like ha not having colleagues in the same way, especially since I went freelance. I also lost like a team. I didn't really have the same type of team setup. That meant I, I needed to sort of supplement. And that's something I've, I've spent a fair bit of effort doing. And I can get into that. But how about you? How Have you been doing mostly remote work? Or have you switched? Or And how? what's your takeaways from, from doing remote? My career started with remote. It was mostly organize a meeting with someone, find out what they needed, go home and... Uh, hack away at the solution for quite a while, send an email or update a Trello board or something, and rinse and repeat, and eventually send an invoice. Um, so that was the start, and then I got myself a real job, within citation marks, and um, I think I was supposed to actually be in an office there, but the pandemic hit, so I couldn't really do that. I think I was, I visited each company i was a consultant so i visited each company where i did my work twice once to get the computer and once to return it and all other interactions were over microsoft teams mostly because people are confused nowadays and don't make the best technical choices oh well teams isn't bad it's just not good it's really, really bad, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad, and if you're putting it on your team, you should feel bad. Okay, cool. Uh, you're doing the, the hot takes today. Very good. Uh, do we have, like, a... I was going to say a hot cop and a mellow cop, but that didn't turn out well. Well, you can think about that while I <laughs> talk about how it is at the current workplace. There, we're encouraged to be on site a bit, at least. And since I haven't had a proper workplace at home or a proper, yeah, stuff, uh, I've been working from the office almost all days since I moved. Uh, before that, I was home more and I did a, I think it was three, two or three months in Jämtland while the pandemic increased in uh, while it spread like a wildfire uh, so then I wanted to be in the forest and it worked out well it is though a very special skill or maybe more uh, state of mind to be good at working remotely uh, you can't just talk to to the colleagues and say okay what do you think about this solution or should we do like this and so on it needs to be uh, communicated through a chat or email or a RFC process, if you like writing. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's a bad idea to have an RFC process if you like writing. <laughs> uh, because then you put everything into writing. So you can go back to the, the uh, documentation and go, okay, so this was the reason why we did this. Good. Because otherwise, it's usually just, why did they do this? It seems really strange. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. And there's nobody there to ask because the git blame command gives a dude who 
stopped working at the place three years ago. So, yeah. I think, yeah, that's that. It's also quite hard to do hybrid meetings. Meetings are the best when they're either there, (laughs) physically there, or complete remote. Yeah, I really don't like the mix, especially since I'm always remote, essentially. So I'm always on the receiving end of being being the person with the bad latency, (laughs) being the person that can't read the room. Yeah, no, it's not ideal. I I think your your job is probably the only situation I've done that in in a half uh, in a long time, and uh, (laughs) like it it worked because everyone's nice and everyone's friendly and everyone's trying to do good things, so it wasn't really an issue. But in meetings where where I feel like I like I don't care if I get a good read on you, for example, who were usually (laughs) off camera. Yeah, it's like yeah, whatever. I'm sure he's okay over there. Uh, and if not, I'm going to hear about it later, probably. Absolutely. So uh, now hybrid meetings are bad. Yeah, I I think I would prefer to have them completely remote. Yeah, so instead of hybrid. it's better for the people that are physically there to split up and go go to separate places and dial in. That that yeah. sort of evens out the playing field in a in a useful way, I think. But no, it's also annoying, of course, for them. Yeah, and there are never any good microphones and so on. So yeah, I know you have looked into uh, have to have a decent phone setup and so on. Phone microphone setup. Yeah, I've forgotten how to speak. This could become really interesting. Um, and um, so you have a. I know you have good gear. <laughs> Do your colleagues have good gear? Have you have you managed to convince them to get good gear? So I have actively pressured my employees to ask for good gear. They have mostly failed to do so, especially when it comes to oh, audio no. and that kind of thing. I think... So I sent a trial kit to one of my employees that where I wanted them to evaluate like uh, a couple of Audio-Technica headphones and a Rode Procaster, Podcaster, the one, the USB one. So the thing is, cool. I don't mind fidgety, weird gear where it's like, oh, I need an XLR interface and all these cables and I need a stand and I need it to be in a good angle and, and all of that. Ghost power. Yeah, ghost power. I don't really mind fiddling with that. that that's sort of fun for me. I completely understand why my employees might not want to. So I tried to offer sort of, oh, this is a good headphone. This should be a decent microphone. I've later heard that a lot of people think the the Rode one is uh, like the Procaster and Pocket Podcaster, whatever they call them, are kind of crap. Uh, I don't know. But so it was like, this is a pair of headphones and this is a USB microphone. It should be good. And I think they've been okay. Uh, but he do, doesn't use them consistently. Mm-hmm. And I think one reason why he might not bother using them consistently. Well, for one thing, most of my team tends to have Bluetooth headphones on all day or often, ah. uh, which is like, hmm, well, should I just invest in better Bluetooth headphones? I'll have to dig into that at some point. It's like maybe I'll just ship them AirPods or something. There are microphones you can connect to your bluetooth headphones yeah like uh, a mod mic or something but yeah 
there are also decently mic'd up uh, Bluetooth headphones. Um, and if you have the right Bluetooth profiles, they'll even sound okay. The thing is, uh, my employees also tend to travel around a bit, at least a few of them. Hmm. So they would rather have a good mobile setup than a perfect stationary one. Yeah. And I'm the absolute absolute opposite or not quite the opposite like i want a good portable one but if i'm on the road i don't mind if it's if the setup is a little bit worse now they also all have recent macbooks and recent macbooks have had updates to video microphone and speakers so the the quality floor for an apple laptop is really high right now nice especially the pros yeah so it it's almost a waste of money unless they unless they need a special mic for something. Mm. But yeah, I've, I've tried to push them towards like get yourself things that make it feel nice, that make it feel good. This has multiple reasons. Like I want them to come off as really uh, sort of full fidelity people to our clients. But also want them to have the like a good, comfortable connection to each other. Yeah, and they they repeatedly told me that like when I switched to when I, I my normal microphone was was on the Fritz and I switched back and they're like, "Ooh, <laughs> now you're back." <laughs> like, for a decently long time, I've used my uh, my podcasting microphone for uh, video calls. Mm-hmm. I don't do that right now because the annoying part about a podcasting microphone is that you're supposed to speak quite close to it to get a, a good, proper uh, sound out of it. Yep. Uh, and can be a heck of a time like playing around with gain and trying to make it work right. And uh, it was a Black Friday that I explored the world of shotgun microphones. So right now I have a shotgun microphone, which is a highly directional microphone, rigged as my voice call like video call microphone, which means it's not in the picture when when I'm taking a video call. Lovely. I'm also experimenting with where I have my camera. Right now it's off to the side, and I think I want to find a way back to where I almost look into it while talking to people. Yeah. But it's a, it's a mixed bag because, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's multiple reasons that's, uh, that's a little bit tricky. But uh, typically you have a screen <laughs> where you want to be looking so yeah i need a hole in my screen where i can fit a camera yeah i've encountered that too so i i'm considering getting a quite a small monitor and put a webcam on it so i can just stare at that monitor at the person i'm talking to so no you get a small monitor a teleprompter you lay the monitor on the teleprompter put the camera behind the teleprompter sounds good and now you can see uh, the person and your screen overlaid. <laughs> and look straight at the person yeah. while typing code at them. Wow. Okay, I need to explore this. Very fidgety. Yeah. But yeah, that's a thing you can do. So uh, gear, like I've, I've fritzed around with it a fair bit. I have some like studio quality headphones, whatever that means. So probably... Th- Probably that they don't sound as fun as yep. uh, proper headphones that people I buy. I think that's what it means, and that they can yeah. take more of a beating. They have a flat response, and uh, you can run them over with a tank. Yeah, those Audio-Technicas that I sent 
to one of my employees and that my wife has used for podcast editing i recently saw a linus tech tips uh, rant about those headphones and like why did we have those well it's very simple they were fashionable for a bit because people were like oh but they're used in music studios and stuff they're they're like studio quality they're great <laughs> and it's like well no they're affordable is the reason why people use the music studios <laughs> like they're they're okay and they uh they can take a bit of a beating and are not that expensive to replace so like it's still fairly pricey headphones and i think they're still fairly good but uh, yeah he he's a little bit higher end i guess yeah but than what i'm used to or what i tend to yeah i'm not a i'm not a good audiophile it's like i i don't really i don't really care all that much you don't do the gold fiber optics i got some fancy studio monitor so that's uh this kind of speakers with uh, flat response curves mm-hmm. and one cool thing about those is that i can f- crank the volume a fair bit without it being weird nice (laughs) like there's no weird noises it's not feeling like it's gonna blow it doesn't over saturate anything it's just like i'm hearing the music louder now (laughs) (laughs) i suppose that's good yeah i mean working as uh, intended i think yeah so like i've put a lot of work and thought into sort of my space and i think if you like working remotely you probably benefit from putting effort into your space now i have the luxury of having an entirely separate room in the garage Uh, it used to be a saddle chamber for for a stable so i could decorate it like differently from my home and to my particular tastes and like it's it's my place it's your room yeah it's very much my office and i really like that but that that's sort of that's a bit of a privileged position to be able to do so. Indeed. But overall, I think trying to make it clear that like you're you're investing yourself and you're investing some time, effort, potentially money into making whatever way you do remote a nice way of doing remote. Like, oh, are there ergonomics kind of crap? Try to fix that. Yeah. Is your monitor too low? Maybe an arm can get it higher. That kind of deal. Yeah. Make sure you have whatever storage you feel you need or uh, like a habit if i didn't have an office a habit i think i would like to have would be to sort of tidy up my desktop more often so so it feels like a feels like a nice place now i have a whole nice room so my desktop is a mess <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna try a a trick there we'll see how well it works if it doesn't work i'll have to think about it again i'm buying a small desktop uh it's uh, 120 centimeters times 80 centimeters so i can't fit as much junk on it mm. uh, and we'll see how well it works well if you get a really small keyboard you might still fit yeah i don't have a small keyboard it's one of those normal sized well speaking of things that can take a beating it can take a beating i think it has a decently serious steel plate in the bottom of it mm. it's good one of the other interesting aspects of working remotely is that I don't have to wear my work face all day. I only have to wear it when I uh, am in meetings. So I can can uh, relax. Are you not in meetings all day? I'm not in meetings all day. I'm a developer. <laughs> Neither am I. 
<laughs> so that's a good thing. And I can can relax and have my uh, not at work face. Uh, I don't have to look decent <laughs> or something like that. So that's a good thing. I don't have to wear pants. It's a good thing to wear pants, but whatever. And I can also take breaks whenever I need to without, even though it's okay to take breaks where I work, it doesn't feel like it's in the same way as when I work remotely. Hmm. So I, I can't just uh, go away and take a nap for 30 minutes and I can't take a long forest walk for two hours and then come back and know exactly how to solve all the problems. So yeah, that's one of the, the real upsides with remote work. But it's also because uh, there needs to be some kind of level of asynchronousness. Yeah. So if I would be pairing all day, it wouldn't work anyway. So yeah. Also, another interesting aspect of it is that I need more social interaction when I work remotely, which means that I actually organize like game nights or whatever. Yeah. And try to actively seek out such things instead of just going home and uh, going to sleep. Yeah. And that's something. So I touched on this earlier that I really felt like I could get quite isolated. I don't think I, I. I don't think I started to feel that it was a problem because I almost immediately started going to like Elixir conferences and mm. stuff. And then mm. pandemic hit. Oh no. <laughs> and I actually did reach out to one member of the Elixir community that I knew was was a very nice person and just said, wow, I feel isolated and alone uh, at times in this community uh, or like in the ecosystem right now because... I don't know anyone well enough to talk to online. I'm not in any social spaces, sort of. Can we just meet up and talk a little bit? I was like, sure. And then we spoke, and then we started a mastermind together and invited some other dumb people from around the community. And now that became one social space. I also started to get more active on like a Slack channel for for the Swedish called snack podcast super nice space very very sort of chill very but active like there's conversation ongoing there um a few like i've been active on twitter that has been a social aspect for me and a few kind of different spaces like that where i feel like i connect with other people that get what i'm doing so in some way, some spaces it's uh, developers, in some spaces it's businessy people, like people that want to or do run businesses, and a bunch of people just into Elixir, and like the people that respond to my newsletter, the people that respond, that comment on videos. Like I've built a way of running my business and running my uh, whole situation here, where I have social circles, even if they are remote even if they are a mostly async even if they are on the internet and i'm really keen to meet more and more of these people in in real life but that like that mostly hasn't been able to happen some of it like we went to codebeam as you remember it was and, good uh, i met some of the people that i hadn't met before then and uh, but but yeah it's kind of building an alternate collegial environment for myself because I don't necessarily feel like I need a team of colleagues. Now I happen to have one because I got myself employees and they're lovely. 
but I haven't felt the need for for colleagues' colleagues because most of the time my at work colleagues don't necessarily share all my sort of technical interests or don't particularly feel passionate about the thing I'm passionate about and like the overlap can be hit or miss with col- normal colleagues with sort of interest colleagues of this kind uh, that's a different matter so I have like some people aren't all that into the businessy side some aren't all that into elixir some aren't into but I have spaces to talk about all this stuff and also locally now I've started to pull together some elixir curious folk and sort of organizing meetups and stuff like I used to run weekly or bi-weekly role-playing game campaigns for years and that's been harder to do (laughs) when I moved away from everyone I knew and filling that sort of social space that kind of we do something together that's sort of what I'm working on we did a decent job before the pandemic of inviting people to sort of come do things at our house with us uh, use the fact that we have a had a neat house at that time we had a sauna as well which helped saunas are good yeah but it's been harder to do that with the pandemic for one thing but even as the pandemic has sort of become less of a factor socially for us we also have kids which i think is a more isolating factor to me than being remote the answer there has been more connections with my family because my family takes a <laughs> takes a proper interest in uh, in the kids and sort of uh, like my sister in Gothenburg also has a kid, same age. My mother moved to Gothenburg, so we have them fairly near. And that that's become very much a part of our, our, our social circle again, which hasn't been the case at all times. So it's like making sure you have social circles, making sure you're fulfilling whatever social needs you have. I think that's sort of key to, to all the remote stuff. I, I couldn't imagine having a commute now I mean, it, in some ways it could be great because it could force me to sit down and read for an hour or two, uh, which is hard to do right now. But also it cannot, like, I, I don't think I could tolerate it for a long time. Right now I get up, I get myself in order. I put on the pants and I do f- sort of brush my hair and get in order because I'm, I, for one thing, I like to be sort of presentable at work and I also, I have at least daily meetings, but uh, I also like to sort of get ready for work and then when i i cross the yard and go into my office and then i'm then i'm in the zone go home for lunch go back to work and then when i go home in the evening i'm i'm good and home uh, and it takes all of two minutes to switch sometimes that means my mind hasn't fully switched when i when i uh, enter my home that's a bit of a challenge sometimes commutes are interesting I know there's been articles about this sort of interstitial spaces and whatnot, like a space for your brain to also context switch, I guess. Yeah. I mostly go, oh, there are so many people here. Why are there so many people here? I shouldn't go home now. Maybe if I wait an hour next time or go one hour earlier or do like dig a tunnel from work to home so I can take a shortcut or something. Um, yeah, I'm not too keen on commutes. The best thing, though, is that I live at the end of the tram line. So when I go to work, I always get a good place to sit. 
when I go home, that's not always the case.